Hi everyone and welcome to episode 53 of Shaman Talk. My name is Rhonda and I am your host. This week I'm on holiday. I'm in the wilds of Scotland and currently I'm in Sutherland in the middle of nowhere searching for ancient sites, brochs, souterrains, chamber cairns, settlement sites. It's very exciting and there'll be a podcast on that in the next week or two for sure. But I thought it would be fun if I did a podcast in the van. So I'm quite excited to do that. Unfortunately, I forgot the microphone that I normally use. And David, our technical director, assures me that my phone mic will be perfectly fine. But if it sounds a bit different this week, that's why. Because I forgot my mic, as you do. So I've been given a lot of thought recently to the way in which people get, receive perceive their spiritual messages. Now many of you will know that the apprenticeship kicked off a few weeks ago. That is an ongoing course that people are joining whenever they feel ready to join the you know we're open and ready to receive <clears throat> people who wish to join. But what that's done is it's given me quite a lot of um, really good pause for thought when it comes to how people get their messages because it's for you can join that apprenticeship whether you have experience or not so you can literally be brand new to shamanism and there is a process that you can go through but what the one of the biggest questions that people ask me and just in general in the community group as well is are things like am I making it up in my head I don't think that I get messages I'm not seeing things why can't I see things? So I've had a really good think about how to break this down more clearly for you and uh, to try and help you understand what it is I mean when I say not everybody sees things like a movie. So part one, I'm going to go through what I'm call, going to call the clairs. So the clairsentient, clairaudient, claircognizant and clairvoyant. There's there are more, but those are the main four. And I'm just going to go through what each of those mean so that you can start to get a sense of whether they relate to you and how you interact with your guides and your messages. And then in part two of this podcast, I'm going to invite my husband Scott to join us for a chat. And the reason being that Scott doesn't interact with shamanism in the same way that I do. He He doesn't really even work with guides so much. So I'm going to invite him on and have him talk about his experience and we'll have a conversation about how we do this differently so that you've got kind of a different understanding other than just mine and other than just based purely in guides because that's how I work but it's not how everybody works. So let's dive in. So we're going to talk first of all about clear sentience. Now, the word clear sentience means clear feeling. So you feel your way. It's, you can feel emotional states of others without using your other five senses. It's a gut feeling. It's something that you just kind of feel in your gut. What I noticed when I've been doing some research into what the internet thinks clear sentience is, is that there are a lot of blog posts about how you can use clear sentience to know what other people are feeling or thinking. And we all know how we feel about that, right? We've got our ethical code of conduct. 
and we don't wander around feeling other people's feelings because it's not okay to do that it's nosy and um, disempowering so if you check out the empath podcast i don't remember what number it is it's maybe like five or six before this one there's some really good information in that podcast about what you can do instead so i'm not going to go into it in this podcast but basically when you know better you do better so we don't need to feel bad or guilty if we're wandering around feeling everybody's feelings or knowing what's going to happen to people in the future that kind of thing we're just going to say okay well now that i know that that's not um ethical i'm going to switch it so then I've said that to people and they've said, well, what's the point of having clear sentience if I can't do that? Well, the point is that it's a spiritual perception. It's a, it's a way of interacting with your guides for your own, um, on your own spiritual path. And if you choose to then go on and do a practitioner training of any sort, then clear sentience is something that you could use then to feel people's feelings or know things about people when you have the correct permissions and the correct training. So clear sentience is a spiritual perception. You can, it's, it's one of the ones that you can, so when you like arrive in a building or on a, like for myself, I'm quite clear sentient when it comes to ancient sites and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. I'm not feeling that this is right. That's a feeling of clear sentience. So you've got, an, you've got, you, you've got a clear feeling about a place or an object. Another sign of clear sentience has been able to predict the future. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with this. So I am very good at knowing what is going to happen in the future. In that moment, the future does change. Nothing's set in stone. Every, every choice that we make will change the future, obviously. But in this moment, if I chose to, I can look forward and tell what's going to happen with those close to me, with myself, um, but what happened was that I would often see the future as fact. So, and I didn't realise that it was a spiritual perception. I thought that it was a fact that needed to happen now. So, for example, um, Scott and I's last podcast we did, we talked about how he went on and did a shamanic training because I thought it would be a good idea for him to do that given his current state. And I could see in the future that he was going to do a shamanic training I could see it, see it clear as day. So I was like, right, that well, that's factual information. So let's go ahead and do that. But what happened was that wasn't my story. It wasn't the right time. It didn't flow naturally. I pushed it on him and it didn't work. Obviously, it didn't work for him. So although I was correct that, you know, that my view of the future was correct, I put a lot of my own um, lens on that for a start and also tried to make it fact now rather than, realizing which i do now with experience and knowledge realizing that when you see the future you're predicting the future it's in the future things need to line up and things need to happen naturally in the right way and in the right flow and it may change depending on what the universe has in store for us so i've also had dreams about the future as well usually about tragic accidents in the mainstream media which is really interesting because sometimes the dreams I have would come true and sometimes they wouldn't. So how do I choose, if I was going to do anything about it, how would I choose which one was true and which one wasn't? It, it's just a really, it's such a subjective art predicting the future. 
so subjective and that's why I say when we're doing getting our messages or when people speak to me I'm I, I'm not a fortune teller I could be a fortune teller I'd probably be a really good one because of my clear sentient abilities but because I know that I see things through my own lens I put my own spin on things because I know that the future can change depending on the choices that people make I just really choose not to do that I think that we, we make the right choices in this moment for ourselves. But anyway, I digress, as usual. So clear sentience means clear feeling. Yeah, so it's feeling present, past or future physical or, or emotional states of things or other people without using the other five senses. So that's the the clear sentience. Notice that there's nothing in there about seeing things. Nothing, nothing in there about that's clear feeling. It's about feeling your way through your spiritual perception, through your spiritual messages. Okay, so the next one we'll talk about is clear audience and that means to hear, hear clear, so clear hearing is what that means. So for example, a good indication that you have clear audience abilities is that you can sometimes hear people or someone saying your name when no one is around or you're in a busy place and you definitely hear your name but you've no idea who said it. Or like you can sworn you've heard something, so like you know you've 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 heard somebody say something and they didn't say it, and they're like, "How did you know I said that?" So it's almost like you're hearing what they're thinking. That's something I experience quite a lot, and that's another thing I've had to shut off because if you can hear what people are thinking, that's not okay. It's a great gift to have, and and the way that we then spin that, so the negative side of that is being able to just hear people what people are thinking without their permission, which is not good for their energy or ours. So we kind of switch that round <clears throat> and we think of it as like psychic hearing as a way to receive intuitive information from our guides for ourselves and for our own good. And then as per the previous clear sentience, if you choose to train as a practitioner or have trained as a practitioner, you can use your clear audience abilities to support your work in a ethical guided way. So that's hearing. So notice, nothing in there about seeing anything. So then we've got clear cognition or clear cognizance. And clear cognizance means clear knowing. So this, it, this is going to sound quite similar to clear sentience, which is clear feeling. Can hear the cars going past. It's quite a quiet road, but they're coming a little bit often now. So clear sentience and clear cognizance can be seen as quite similar. And where clear sentience means clear feeling, clear cognizance means clear knowing. And this is the one that people struggle with the most in my experience. And this is the one where you just know that you know. But you've got to be very balanced with that because when we're just starting out and we're a bit arrogant and I have this, I have clear, I have all the clears in varying degrees. But clear cognizance is one that I had quite a lot of and used it, and it came. It was quite an arrogant way of knowing. That's how I. That was the dark side to my clear cognizance. But this information is passed through your mind, not through your gut. 
So clear sentience is your gut feeling. Clear cognizance is an inner knowing in your mind. Your guides put this in your mind as a way of guiding you. And this is what people experience when they think that they're making it up in their head. Because it comes through their mind. Because they're thinking it in the way that they would normally think. Oh, it's just my imagination. I'm, only, I'm just making it up. But it's clear cognizance. And clear cognizance information, clear cognition, often comes so fast and blurry that it um, that it it's difficult to keep hold of sometimes. So this one takes a bit, quite a bit of practice. And you can speak to your guides, and you can say, "Look, I get it. I'm I have clear cognition. Uh, you're putting this information in my mind for me to know the the answer to this question." How can I develop this? How can I be how can I be clearer about what your what knowledge that you're giving me? Yeah, so this information is passed through your mind, not through your gut. And it's often the way that people experience their spiritual perception that they find quite difficult to understand. And again, zero, nothing about seeing things. So that's clear sentience, which is clear feeling. Clear audience, which is hearing, clear hearing. Clear cognizance, which is a clear knowing. And then the last one is clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. Now, obviously when I say clairvoyance, everybody immediately thinks of mediums speaking to our loved ones who've passed over, which is, which is a skill of someone who has clairvoyance, for sure. But... The bit that lots of people miss about clairvoyance is that it means clear seeing. So when you go into a journey and you see guides and pictures and clips like a movie, that is clairvoyance. That is what that skill is, which I also have. So you can have a range. You can have a range of um, clairs. You can have just one. There are a few others. There are a few other ones like taste and um, smell as well i can't remember the names of those those are little bit those are rarely the only gift someone has so sometimes i'll smell like if my my, my wee granny comes to visit my my gran on my dad's side my dad's mum, if she comes to visit i'll smell her perfume that happens quite a lot um and other like wee things like that so you you have taste sometimes when i'm like doing certain work and I'll taste a burning, a burnt food taste in my mouth, or I'll, or something sweet, or sometimes I taste roses. Those have specific meanings for me, and are ways that I can know things. They came later. Those were something that I developed and realised later on. The other um, way to receive information as well is physically through your body. So, for example. Those of you who have had one-to-ones with me will know that I'll sometimes I'll scan my body to check in with your body and I'll be able to tell you where your pain, your spiritual pain is in your body and then usually we'll be able to start to make changes there to release some of that pain. And again, ethically, with feeling things in your body, I don't I hold a really clear intention that if, you're, if you need to have pain, then the pain stays. Because sometimes the pain needs to be there to keep you safe, to stop you moving in a certain way. Sometimes it's a spiritual lesson. Like, I, I, I only take pain, my guides will only take pain that 
is that it is ethically sound to do to do that but the point is that i can feel it in my body when you have pain and i also ask that i don't feel anything i can't do anything about because that that can be really upsetting for me when i know somebody's like really in pain in a certain way and there's nothing i can do about it so i only ever feel pain that we can do things about and often that's what happens in a session with me a one-to-one session so i feel things in my body and i guess that would be another example of um potentially clear sentience clear feeling in your body it's a spiritual perception of physical pain other people might think about it there's there is another word for it but i can't remember what it is but these are all the different ways so you'll notice i spent about 30 seconds talking about clairvoyance yeah seeing loved ones who've passed is one part of that but also seeing guides pictures or clips like a movie in a in a um what you call it in a shamanic journey it just isn't a big thing in spiritual perception clairvoyance is something that some people have but usually they have clairvoyance with clairsentience or with claircognizance or with clear audience or with one of the other clairs the other two or three that i can't remember what they're called but clairvoyance seeing things is only one very small part of a much bigger picture and often <clears throat> when i say oh i've seen this and this and this and this and this i've experienced these things i don't see them i'm not giving it clairvoyantly i'm giving it claircognizantly i'm giving it as a knowing or a clairsentiently or i can feel it in my body but I know that that's what it is because my mind, our minds tend to trans. Well, my mind tends to translate my clear cogn- my clear cognition into pictures for me, so that I can understand what I'm seeing, so that I can then express that to a client. For example, if I'm working with myself, I tend to not need to do that because it's just there and I just know it and it's fine. So hopefully this is helpful for you to really start to understand that the way that we receive our messages is varied and um, just comes in so many different ways. And I've no doubt on the discussion post of this podcast, which you can find the link to in the show notes, centreforshamanism.com forward slash 53, on the discussion post for this podcast, I've no doubt that we'll hear what other people have to say about how they get their messages as well. So what I would really encourage you to do, and we'll go into this in the activity section later, is really start to open yourself up to other ways of receiving messages. So if you're mainly clairvoyant, if you mainly see things, try doing a journey with a blindfold on so you can close down your clairvoyance temporarily for that journey and see what else comes so you can feel you can have clear sentience or clear cognizance or clear audience you know especially feeling things in your body i'd say that people often miss that because we're often very disconnected to our body so you might feel sick or you might feel excited or you might have feel stiff or you might get goosebumps or pins and needles those are all messages that that you can start to develop your understanding of which will really deepen your your spiritual perception and that's what this work is all about right it's all about our spiritual perception it's all about being able to perceive things that others can't see and that we can't see except through connection with our guides except through clearing off clearing out all the the gump and stuff that stops us from being spiritually connected with our guides which is a lot of what we do here so i'll 
leave you with those thoughts and I will now introduce Scott McCrimmon. Um, just go and get him. He is outside doing some rather cool swimming in a river right now. So I'll see you all in just a second. One really quick thing, if you are super keen on Celtic spirituality and want to know more about the actual roots of Celtic spirituality, then we are running a new course this month with Celtic specialist Sam McLaren. Check out the show notes where you can find the link to all the information and how to join us on this super special course. So that's us back. I've retrieved Scott from the wilds of Scotland and here he is. Hello. So I've invited you on today, Scott, just to talk about the ways that you receive your messages. You and I experience shamanism quite differently and I think it would be really helpful for people to know and hear from someone else. So why don't you start off by giving us some information about how you receive your messages? Yeah, so... I remember when I went to, it might have been my first workshop, maybe it was the, an intro to shamanism that I did with Carol Day, and she was teaching the group how to go on journeys, and there were particular steps, it was um, kind of similar to a guided meditation, or maybe like the healing circles that, that you do, mm. you kind of talk, um, talk through it. I found myself um, kind of following my mind a little bit more, like following what I think of as my imagination, really, and the journey. It kind of went where it, where it went, regardless of what was being said externally. And that seemed to work fine, and um, that's that's the way I've continued to do it. So I don't really, I don't use. Um, guides per se like I don't I don't have a um can you give me an example of yeah like, like a guide for like a guardian guide yeah. or I, I have guides I work with when I do cycle pump work or I have, I have guides I work with in my for my personal work as well so I have different guides for different things yeah yeah and so when I think about that I think about symbols like when I'm stepping into that space of um of journeying or connection or looking for messages i'll often like close my eyes generally and that's some um if you can hear that in the background that's some some fishermen just taking off from where we're parked <laughs> right now they've hi just, fishermen they've just been looking in the river well that's good maybe we'll get a swim now that they're right. away <laughs> um what was i saying yeah so when i step into that that space for me it feels like um it's always felt like kind of leaning back and to the left. I close my eyes and then I kind of, um, that's what it feels like mm. in, in my mind. Um, I'm, I'm going into a, a slightly different reality there. And if I'm looking for messages or answers to something in particular, then some kind of image is will probably appear in, in my mind's eye. Let's see. And it doesn't matter, you know, it needn't be the same thing every time. And whatever that is, 
I'll take as significant, and that'll be that'll be the symbol that's that's associated with the question or the topic. Mm. For instance, um, yesterday morning when I was doing my my work, I put a, a rattle track on actually because I wanted to kind of. Uh, I wanted to kill two birds with one stone and do my stretching and my journey in at the same time because when we're on this holiday we're not getting a huge amount of uh, like solo time in the van to do that sort of thing mm. and I'm I'm still um, I'm still a little uncomfortable going into that space unless I'm the only person in the in the room mm. um, and so I was looking I, I just asked for a symbol to work with that day and what I got was really hard to describe you know it'd be, 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 be better if i could if i could draw it well you can draw it and then we'll put a photo in the show notes for people yeah. and the show notes will be at centerforshamanism.com forward slash five three so um okay assuming that i've done an okay job of the drawing imagine if you will <laughs> um like a snowy owl's face and if you're going across the eyes there's one line and then down into the beak there's another line so it's kind of like a triangle um, or three lines radiating from from a point almost mm. so that symbol had something to do with the number three and and the owl so what I took from that was that I mean the owl is always watching that's one of the things about the owl right like it's got its eyes wide open it's always looking for things so that says to me I have to like pay attention to things that come in threes um, and then how I found that to like integrate into my day yesterday was I found myself reading an old Scottish story, which is um, well, it's called Murdo Sean in the in the collection that I was reading, but it's also similar to like a European fairy story that that you get all over the place called like the Nixie of the Mill Pond. <laughs> And the general gist of that story is um, somebody who's down on their luck, like a, an older an older person, meets some kind of fairy who promises that they'll start to have good luck if they give that fairy their firstborn child. He doesn't think he's going to have any children, so he thinks he's got nothing to lose. Anyway, the story goes on and everything starts to come in threes and the, essentially the, the message of the whole story is... Um, It's worthwhile trying to do things in threes, because <laughs> um, you know it's third time lucky. It's in our it's in our like metaphorical language, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I uh, work in threes quite a lot, just in terms of the sacred triangle that I talk about. So we have the. Um, person that we're working with in this like myself for example at the top of the triangle which means that I take kind of radical personal responsibility for myself but I can't do it alone so I also work with my guides and my team and the other point of the triangle would be a practitioner a community um some sort of support network outside of myself and I, it's just yeah really interesting that that's what brought that up there that kind of like working in threes I think that's really really interesting so basically what I think you're saying there is that you you kind of set up space for yourself in the morning, you receive 
some sort of symbol and then that symbol um, speaks to you throughout the day in different ways. And it's not like you're working with a guide or you've spoken to a guide or a guide's spoken to you. You've just, you have just you simply receive a symbol which you then work with. Yeah. Cognitively, mm -hmm. kind of, well, what would you call it? Probably clear cognizance. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if yeah. you were going to put it into that. I know you don't work with those words, but if you uh -huh. were, that's what the podcast is about. So if you were going to put it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if you were going to put it into that context, you would say you would probably work clear cognizantly with your messages coming in through your mind and the way you think, the way you experience your interaction with the world. Yeah. Um, on the subject of categorization, mm. I think if I was to categorize the way that I interact with messages. I would probably say it was more like the um, more like the Jungian um, concept of active imagination. Mm. So I, I'll see something that makes me feel something and then I'll try and allow myself to associate that thing with other things and slowly I'll build up some kind of um, some kind of story or, or direction or message around mm. around that symbol. So. Another example um, from last night and today. So we're parked at the moment in the Strath of Kildonan, um, somewhere around Caithness or Sutherland, on the River Helmsdale. And so we've been in the river last night, and we keep hearing large fish mm. jump out of the water. Yeah. Um, always like you always turn around when all you can see is the ripples yeah you know um and it, it's made me think of um the salmon of knowledge in in celtic mythology and the way that you can look for that fish in the water all you want and you can't see it at all and it, it kind of made me understand why why the salmon's associated with knowledge because it's it's in there under the water like in in the underworld it knows where to go um it knows all the places to hide like it, it can see all that stuff that we can't see. So, it, you know, it's um, it holds something, holds something that we don't. And sometimes we might feel like something that we would like to have, like mm. knowledge of the unknown, essentially. Mm. Yeah. So it's maybe it's maybe three times again with the three. It's maybe three times of I've, I've heard a big fish come out of the water. Yeah. Um, and in this in this valley. The Strathkildonan, as we discovered um, when we opened the the Ordnance Survey app, there's hundreds and hundreds of ancient sites around here: um, brochs, soot rains, stone rows, cairns, long barrows, and I'm completely fascinated by going and exploring all these sites. So, what? How can I relate that symbol of the fish and knowledge and the underworld there? Well. I'm obviously seeking some sort of connection with um, the ancestors, the deeper past, some kind of like um, some kind of spiritual heritage that is that some, that is hidden by time passing, um, sort of past traumas, and the people. This valley was cleared during the Highland clearances, mm. um, the coming of of Christianity. I think about that in terms of something that's. Um, uh, obscured our our spiritual heritage. Yeah. Mm. It's really interesting. So, like, listening to you weaving that kind of story 
is really interesting. The way that I experience this, Glenn, is quite different. I experience it through my body and through my knowing. So I've not felt that well. Like, oh, the dog's dreaming. Wait a minute, I'll stop him. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe he's learning something. Maybe he's learning something from his dreams. How I've experienced this valley is actually I've been quite tired. This is just coming to me now. I've been quite tired and I've felt a bit ill this morning and not quite right since I got here. And there's no reason for that particularly. I've got a good night's sleep, you know. We've got good food, we're warm, we're dry, we're having a lovely time. And yet I'm just not feeling good. And in this moment I realise that it's like hearing Scott talking about that experience and talking about the Highland clearances and the trauma in the land that it's coming up through my body. And I'm not um, quite connected enough with that side of my sentience to, to, have, to have made that connection until this moment on this podcast right now, which is really cool. So now that I realise that and I've made that connection, I'm going to do some work here in this land for myself and for the whatever is appropriate, shall we say, I'll go as far as to say that, um, for this, uh, for this moment. So, Scott and I have experienced this land very differently, and no more or less, no more or less, no no good or good or bad, no up or down, no left or right. It's just a flow and a and and a, and a way of connecting. So when you're thinking about how you connect how you receive messages, how you interact with the word shamanism or with guides or with whatever, the, the possibilities are endless. So if you do something that I offer and you can't connect or you're not connecting with it, just ask in the group and we'll think of a different way for you to connect. I can't put every single way of connecting into one course, otherwise we'd be there for months. But what I can do is encourage you to understand that there are a million different ways to heaven. There are a million paths to heaven. You need to find the one that works for you. So um, hopefully you find this podcast helpful and interesting. And the chat we had about this, Glenn, is just one of a few that we'll be having. We're going to do a full podcast on this trip and the things that we've learned and the di the different experiences that we've had together, haven't we, Scott? Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you've... Yeah, like I say, hopefully you find this helpful. Um, in just a second, I will put together, as usual, a couple of uh, journeys slash activities for you to try. So if you wanted to pop off and get yourself a pen and paper, now would be the time. Okay, welcome back. So Scott is going to give you a symbol activity to do. It's really funny. He was just t sitting telling me like some of the elements that I could put in and some of the things that I could say to support you with this activity. And then I realised it would be much easier if Scott just <laughs> <laughs> did that work. So Scott, on you yeah, go. Okay, so my suggestion to work with symbols is um, at the start of the day, Set, set the intention that that's what you're going to do. You're going to work with symbols. So you might, um, as part of your setting up or journey and practice in the morning, you might ask for a symbol. Or just keep your keep your senses open as you go about your day. Keep, keep your feelings open, kind of looking or listening for something. Something, something will pop out. Um, and as soon as something you see or hear or feel or something that comes to you internally seems significant, um, that that's what you're working with, so hold on to that. 
And I find quite often if I'm trying if I'm trying to work with a symbol in exactly that way, especially if I've tried to do it as part of the setting up, I'll get a symbol and then I'll completely forget about it throughout <laughs> the day. Like I'll I'll be at work or whatever and then that you know, that that's it, it's gone and I've I've not I've not managed to hold on to it. So my suggestion is to make yourself some sort of touchstone for that symbol as soon as you get it. The way that I do that is um I'll I'll look at my hand, cross my fingers, and think of the symbol or say the name of the symbol. And that kind of locks it in. Um and then any time I look at my hand that day I might find myself crossing my fingers or I might not, but I'll remember that. You could do that with anything. You can write it down, put it put it as a, a note in your phone, um make a wee pen mark on your hand. I think the hands are really good. I'm always looking at my hands. Um and then hold that symbol in your mid-mind, I would say. Don't put it to the back of your mind or forget about it. And don't hold it at the front of your mind because, I mean, that's going to get in the way of everything. If you hold it in your mid-mind, then everything that you take in, everything that you like talk about, see or think throughout the day can kind of pass through that symbol. And anything that kind of bounces off it or is related to it or seems meaningful and significant through the lens of that symbol um, will then be apparent. Mm. And then, yeah, at the, en- at the end of the day, maybe, maybe you can write down, write down the, the story of that and how it went for you. Divining messages yeah. from that kind of experience of that throughout the day. Yep, yeah, and it's all yours. Yeah, amazing. That sounds exciting. I might try that tomorrow, Scott, with you. That'd be fun to do. Great. So the next thing that I'd like you to try and do as well, um, Scott mentioned just a second ago before we started re-recording that what he does is kind of like omen walking. So well, let's bring omen walking back in as well and do the symbol work as a separate piece of work. And then once you've done that work, Go back to your omen walks, you know, and take this knowledge with you. So I think that this will really help you to to deepen your understanding. If you need to deepen your understanding, you might be absolutely fine with omen walking. But I think it will help what this understanding did for me was it really helped me to deepen my my work when I was out and about doing omen walks and working with my guides in that way. So what I'd like you to do is try the, the symbol work first and then once you've got the hang of that, go ahead and weave that into your omen walking as a way to develop that skill. Got one more thing I'd like to add, actually, just on the on the topic. Hmm. If you if you really want to explore or um, amplify symbols, a great um, a great way to find out more about that kind of thing would just to be read some fairy stories or read some myths. Um, like deep symbols that mean something to all of us that are, are recorded in, in all those things. Mm. You know, that's like... Yeah. Those are the diaries of the of the collective unconscious. Yeah, we do love a, a good fairy story or a myth. Amazing. Great. Thank you. So, go ahead and pop over to the show notes, which you'll find at centreforshamanism.com forward slash forward slash five three fifty three and there you'll find Scott's drawing that he's just the way to do in a minute 
you'll find the um, any other information and you'll find the links to our Facebook community. If you haven't joined already, I really recommend that you do that. It's a place where you can express yourself, where you can be seen and heard on your spiritual path in a safe and meaningful way. And if you are in the Facebook group, then go ahead and find the podcast post. I'd love to know what you thought about this week's podcast. I'd love to know how you get your messages and I'd love to know what you thought of Scott's symbol work. That would be really exciting for us both, I think, wouldn't it? To know how people get on with that work. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us in our van holiday in the (laughs) Highlands of Scotland with no mic. And I'll see you all same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for listening to Shaman Talk today. Quick question, are you subscribed to my email list? I plan on offering lots of extra special bonuses and trainings to my email list in 2020. I'll be offering these only to my wonderful subscribers. So make sure you're in this community with us. If you're listening on the website, you can subscribe via the player that you're listening on right now. Just click on join newsletter button. If you're on iTunes or using another service like Spotify or Google Play, then head over to centerforshamanism.com forward slash subscribe. Being a part of something special is only a click away. So subscribe today.